Hi, everyone. We are back with our second full episode of A Father's Story of Injustice. We want to continue from where we left off on our last episode and dig a little further into parental alienation and what my husband has experienced and witnessed through the malicious and vindictive acts of his ex-wives. Babe, I want to bring up something funny before we get into that, though. There is something really great about social media, our podcast, our website, and even our daughter's jewelry website. <coughs> Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it's something that we kind of learned as, as we've gone through this process, right? You know, when somebody commits a crime... The, the cops, one of the first things they look for in old school, like detective work is like fingerprints, right? Right. What evidence has been left behind by the <laughs> perpetrators? And in today's world, we live in such a digital age. It's amazing to me how many fingerprints and, and signs of somebody being around is left behind. For instance, like on Instagram, um, as we found out a few years ago, um, it shows you who looks at your stories. Like yeah. if you open up and look at a story, even if you're not friends with them, yep. it shows you that you've looked at it. Recently, um, you know, my first ex-wife's newest um, significant other, um, he's been stalking um, your account personally or just just the, no, the Fathers of Injustice. Yep, the Father's Story of Injustice, yeah. our podcast names, so, Instagram. So he likes to go on there. Um, he's been on there a few times quite a few times and he's not even <laughs> following the account or friends with the account. Um, it reminds me of what you said about a few years ago when ex-wife number two was stalking my Instagram account. And trust me, we have proof of all of this. Well, you know what I, what I was wondering is like, what's going on through that mind? Cause he hears one thing, right? He hears the manipulation. He hears the coercion being dealt by, by my ex-wife and and the stories and then he hears this like he, it if, should make him wonder if if he had if he's normal <laughs> but i tend to wonder if how normal he is accounting for who he's dating right like he's really been suckered in as i was one time it like but clearly he he must not know but maybe he'll know now after listening to this because we're pretty sure they're listening to this too right because the podcast main site it shows specific analytics on, you know, where, where people are located who are listening to your story, right? It shows that they're from different towns. Like if, if the towns and cities, the states, it the shows IP addresses, it. right? It's, it's pretty crazy. So it's been pretty clear that we've been seeing activity from my ex's towns where they live. Yep. Not just once. <laughs> Or twice, but like continue, a lot. like, like they There's keep going back for it. Like they, like they can't get enough. And, and you know what, to be quite honest, I appreciate it because you know what? Any traffic is good traffic. Heck yeah. You know, I'd I, love for them. If they want to come on here with us, that would be one heck of an episode. I invite it. I it would, welcome it. It would probably be highly contentious. It would probably resemble the old uh, 90s Jerry Springer shows. <laughs> we may need Jerry to, to to mediate this one. But I would invite them too, just to have a conversation. And and maybe maybe that would be how we could come to a meeting of minds that the the abuse on these children needs to stop. Yep. Yep. That that is the thing that just bewilders me is is the fact that 
mothers of all of all people, mothers, the, the caretakers, the people who, who grew the baby inside of them are willing to demonstrate such a, 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 a disconnection that they have no ill will towards the abuse that they're imparting on them. And it's not physical. So the, the physical signs of, of the bruises and, and the wounds that you can physically see from physical abuse is not there. It's the internal wounds. It's the mental wounds that they're imparting on these poor children that is disgusting. Well, and they're so young that it's going to take years and years for the children to recognize it. And we've seen that through so many stories about adults now speaking out about being alienated by a parent and they no longer talk to that parent. So it will happen. It, it just may take a while. You know, it would be interesting to see as we're learning more and more of this type of abuse the the studies that will go on of how long how much work has to be put in by the abused to resolve and rectify what has been done onto them like mentally the effect that it not only has on the strained relationship between them and the parents but in future in any all relationships because this is what's being taught to them as normalcy it's no different than than the impression that the physical sexual abuse is imposed on a child. That's why you see so many repeat offenders in, in generational offenders that they learn that that type of abuse is, is okay and it's normal and, and it's been taught to them that way. I have the greatest fear that my son's relationships with their significant others, with um, their own children could be infringed upon because this is now an okay thing. It's um, all that they know. So yeah, I, I totally get that. You know, it's pretty funny. They've even gone all the way as far as finding a new website that we've put up for um, the <laughs> yeah. podcast, Yep. as well as going back to our daughter's jewelry website that they use to sell some handmade jewelry to raise funds for our local animal shelter. Yeah, actually, our uh, the one we created, the a Father's Story of Injustice website, it was like less than 24 hours and they were already on there because the really cool thing about the platforms that we use for the website is it also shows the towns and cities the individuals are located, how long they've been on the website, what pages on the website they're on. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, so to add to that a little bit, your both of your ex-wives are, they're basically conspiring together and they give each other information from their court cases with you to use against you with the opposite ex-wife's court case. Now that's really hard to explain. Um, but what's really funny is some of the background between the two of them. So I think you know what I'm referring to. Do you want to kind of take this one? Yeah. So it, it bewilders me that the two of them even connect, that they even uh, to, to the lengths that they want to have this like friendship coercion relationship. You know, it's like two it's like two warlords that one time fought against each other that now because the good guys are coming after the two bad guys. They've got to get together <laughs> because it's their only chance of, of living through this to get through this 
tumultuous time. So, you know, when I was getting a divorce from ex-wife number one, I started dating um, ex-wife number two. And I actually very quickly moved in with her. Right. And um, we didn't finish our divorce for quite some time. And, you know, I mean, yes, we were legally separated, but I was... I was already in another relationship with this woman and ex-wife number two was very fundamental in helping me achieve full custody of my oldest son from ex-wife number one. Yeah. Didn't she hire you and pay for an attorney for you to fight that? She did. Yeah, she did. And, um, you know, that, that was the, the cause of, you know, extreme mental anguish from ex-wife number one that resulted in an attempted suicide attempt. And I mean, I, I can only imagine, right? So then during, during our, my divorce from ex-wife number two, I come to find out that ex-wife number two um, had a relationship with ex-wife's number one second husband. Oh my gosh. So, so <laughs> ex-wife number two was chasing after all of ex-wife number one's exes, basically. Um, it went even as far as, uh, we, we found a police report, um, that showed that, uh, ex-wife number two went into, uh, this, this guy's, uh, the ex-husband's or husband, they were still married at the time, I believe. I think so. Went, went in and hacked into his email, right? His email and his Facebook. And his Facebook, right? And there was a, there's a full police report on it for harassment and, Fortunately for her, he didn't press charges, but no doubt <laughs> it kind of goes with, with her MO of, of doing things, um, a little bit on the, on the illegal side. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I wonder if, if ex-wife number one wonders how long it's going to be until she starts reaching out to her most recent and current boyfriend. <laughs> significant other. Oh man. Um, he's a little indifferent though. So maybe he's not her type. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But yeah, it's it, the the convolution there. When you look at how messy it is, the fact that the two of them um, even communicate is is really disgusting. Because believe it or not, they, they don't allow the boys to talk. Right. They don't allow my right. two sons to talk. They just talk to each other. I think they did from what, to the best of our knowledge, maybe once, once. or twice over yeah. the course of the last almost two years now. Um, just to kind of throw it in your face. Yeah. But yeah, the boys don't have a relationship and that's another awful part of this. Um, but like, as, as we were talking about the social media and the websites and such, I, I've come to realize that both of your ex-wives have an incredibly unhealthy, twisted obsession with you. And it is it's so mind boggling. Um, we also learned over the past couple weeks about some things that ex-wife number two did in an effort to sabotage you and by means of defaming and slandering you. And I mean, we, we're definitely not taking it lightly, but I'm a firm believer that in time people will be served what they deserve. Do you, do you want to talk about that a little bit? You know, it, it's something that I've had to try and wrap my head around and the, the obsession the obsession is unhealthy. I can only imagine the, the, the dynamics of inside their house of how much my name gets brought up. Um, 
it can't be good for their own relationships. It can't be good for their own personal well-being or anything like that. The only thing I can, I can kind of like pinpoint to is the fact that when, that who I was when I was married to them was not a good husband, was not a very good human being. I focused pretty hard on being as good of a father as I could be, but I was in a really bad, murky kind of spot myself mentally. Um, I, I was drinking a lot. I was married to drinkers. I was around drinkers. I was, I was surrounded by people who, who didn't inspire me to be, be good. Yeah. That's and pretty toxic. It is. Um, since then, and in our marriage, and even in the beginning of our marriage, I wasn't in a very healthy, really good spot. And I'm grateful that you saw, you saw some glimmer of hope in me <laughs> and, and you stood by me and you inspired me. And, you know, now, you know, our, our kids go and they go check on neighbors. T today, we have a really bad snowstorm in and they go check in on neighbors because that's the right thing to do. And that's, that's what we do as a family. We, we go out and we go remove snow and we make sure other people's driveways are, are cleared out. So that way they can get out. And I think what I have become is always what they wanted. And because they no longer, they don't have it. They didn't really play a part in it. They're pissed. Mm. They're mad. Yeah. And, and I understand that anger. I'd be angry too. If I, if I was still in the same position I was when I was married to them and the two of them all of a sudden changed their lives around and, and, you know, and we're good people and doing good things. Yeah. You'd be I'd be too, mad. Right? Yeah. I'd be mad. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck, you know, why, 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 why did I mess it up? Yep. And it would be the self guilt that would be portrayed onto them that they messed it up. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing that I know when you do things the right way, People are willing to listen. And when you do things the wrong way, people start catching on to the BS. You know, there's an old saying that I like to say every now and then is, you know, I wrote the book on BS and I can smell it from a mile away. And recently, ex-wife number two tried to unload a bunch of really malicious, hateful, spiteful, nasty stuff onto my reunification therapist that I have with my mm -hmm. youngest son. And it was interesting because he sent out an email that included both of us. And the email was pretty indicative of what she had done without knowing what she had done. And I was able to speak with my therapist about this situation. And, you know, you can scream from the top of the roof that somebody is doing something. But one of the things that I've learned is that most people in today's society, they don't care to hear it. They want to be able to actually see it themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. They don't, they're, they're going to, if they're in, I've noticed that it's generally with good people, good people tend to go, okay, I hear you, but they don't take it at face value until they, they truly see it. Right. Sure. Well, he saw it. He saw what, what ex-wife number two is, is up to. Yeah. And it was very clear that the malicious intent involved there was only to further disrupt and 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 muddy the waters in the reunification therapy and thankfully it has backfired on her 
um, it, 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 it didn't work. And I'm thankful for that because it does reiterate that no matter how hard these situations are, that sometimes you feel like you're not gaining any traction because the court system moves so slow because judges don't want to, you know, even though if you unload actual evidence on them, they tend to not make drastic changes, but other people will start to believe you as long as you do things the right way. And that's, that's the, probably the most important thing I learned from that situation. And you really have been through this whole process. Um, now, now that you brought that up, um, when's the last time that you saw your son? Um, in reunification therapy, um, just before his mother abruptly moved him to another state. And that was over two years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. In, like two falls ago in October. So, so how about the last time you actually got to speak with him on the phone? Do you remember that? You know, in, in the last two years has been almost nil. I've had, I, if I went back through all of my recordings, I record every phone call. Um, maybe just a, a handful of times. So I went through and accounted for all of your calls with him from this last year. So I know you mentioned two years, but I went through all of them for the last year because you record them as allowed by the court. And you have had three phone calls with him in the last year, but the longest one was about seven minutes. How, how does that make you feel? Like, how does that affect you? You know, um, I've talked to a lot of different therapists about this. I've talked to you a lot about this and it's a really hard one to explain. The other day you posted something on, um, our Instagram page that really hit home. In fact, actually, when I read it, I didn't even realize I was reading it off of our Instagram. I thought it was off of somebody else's. <laughs> I sent it over yep. to you and I was like, this is, this is a perfect explanation. And I wanted to share it with everybody. Yeah. It says, uh, so many people can't truly understand what it feels like when you're a victim of parental alienation. They believe it's a myth, not true, not capable of happening. And some even blame the alienated parents saying they must have done what they are being accused of. They just don't get it. If you really want to understand what being a victim of parental alienation feels like, imagine your child being kidnapped. It's one of the greatest fears I think any parent goes through. Mm-hmm. It, the first time your child leaves sight of you, you have this fear that your child may never return to you. And you're no longer able to speak to this child. Your child, except possibly through the kidnapper, on their terms, when they choose to contact you about a ransom, you ask to hear your child's voice to make sure they're okay. And you might get a few seconds of time to hear them say they're okay. Now imagine the kidnapper was a parent of your child sinking ransom under the guise of child support. They tell you you're not allowed to see or speak to your child unless you pay them their money. Imagine your child suffering Stockholm Syndrome and now adamantly claims the kidnapper is the victim and that you're the bad person. Imagine them making false accusations about you being abusive and hateful towards them and that they never want to see you or talk to you again. You are now alienated from your child 
and now suffer the hurt and pain caused by not being able to ever really see or talk to your child again. Imagine having to live with only the hope that you will only one day be allowed to see your child again. But that hope is now an anchor that weighs you down and even causes you to drown. Imagine that the courts that were put in place to protect your rights and child's rights are now condoning the kidnapping of your child. And if you make attempts to contact your child, you are jailed or penalized as harassment. But if you didn't attempt to contact your kidnapped child and refuse or are not capable of paying the full ransom, you're now seen as a deadbeat and can be jailed. So you are now the criminal, yet the kidnapper is allowed to do what they're doing without prosecution. That right there, it's like it, it's like these two women, they've read a handbook. <laughs> yeah. A recipe to how to maliciously manipulate the court system to infringe upon psychological abuse on the on the child to get them to hate the other parent all because the two parents are no longer married that's it it is it's it's a really really disgusting awful nasty thing yeah i mean mostly for the the kids um what you just read i mean i couldn't have said it any better and I, I didn't write it. I do want to point that out. Um, I reposted that from an account that we follow, which is a really great account. Um, it's the Father's Rights Movement. And yeah. they they speak on this a lot on their account. Um, but you had mentioned just a little while ago how you were a stay-at-home dad. And it wasn't just with your youngest. It was when you had full custody of your oldest as well. Um, and I was just curious if you wanted to touch on kind of like how your relationship was with them and like, look at where we are now. You know, um, there was a time in my life where probably being a father full time was the only thing that kept me afloat. It's the one thing that it did inspire me, that did keep me from inflicting, you know, even more harm onto myself with my drinking and stuff like that. Um, I really enjoyed taking the kids to school every morning, picking them up from school, taking them to the park, taking them to museums, being able to coach my stepson's baseball teams and um, do all of that to give the attention that, that the children need. And, you know, I, I look back at old photos that I have on my phone. Thank gosh for digital yeah. you know, photos nowadays. Cause I can go through, you know, hundreds and thousands of photos that I have. And there's just, there's so much, um, there's so much happiness in my, my children during that time because they were able to spend time with me. Um, you know, my, my second ex-wife, um, she was a, she was a great provider. She had a great job. She earned really good money. We lived a very comfortable lifestyle, but when our son was born, she was not the one waking up in the middle of the night to make sure that his diaper was changed. And I remember having to walk endless hours around the block because 
um, my youngest son, he, he would wake up in the middle of the night and he did not want to go back to sleep. And we had two other young children in the house and it was all hardwood floors in the house. Mm. So, so the, the crying baby kind of stuff would just echo through the house. Right. And mom was always upset because she had to sleep because she had to work. And so my youngest son and I, we, I'd put him in the stroller and we'd go out and we'd go walk around the block and walk. We had lived in a court at the time. And so we'd walk circles around the court and, uh, you know, he, him and I, we'd just sit there and walk and I'd talk to him and he'd stare up at the street lights. And it's, um, it, it was a much different life than what we have now. Um, I know knowing where we live now and the time that he spent here, um, it, it, I know that the connection that I've developed with my, my children is not it's not Bro- gone. It's not, nope. it's not broken. Those, those scenes are never forgotten. Right. Um, I just look forward to getting back to, to that time and I'm not going to stop fighting until no, I, I no, get we're back not to stopping. that. We will not stop. They, I, they I, deserve better. They do. They, they deserve not only that, but the, the, the mothers deserve better too. Like this, this whole fighting stuff, it doesn't do them any good either. It can't be, you know, good for their careers. It can't be good for their personal lives. It can't be good for them when they're trying to go to sleep at night. No, and it's awful that their spouses join in on this. They should be telling them to stop doing this. I mean, work together, co-parent. We're not asking for full custody, but the kids deserve you and you deserve them. You know, I think that the the this other significant others who are now involved with my, um, exes, I think that they've been manipulated as I once was. Yeah. And they've been suckered into a life that would so drastically change, or they have seen what these women will do and and they're (laughs) fearful of sure. I can see that for sure. Um, all right. Well, I think that's, that's going to be a good place to leave off for today. Um, we want to thank everyone who's been listening and supporting us and please be sure to check out our social, social media page, follow us. And our <coughs> website is linked on our Instagram and it's a father's story of injustice. Sweets. Thank you so much for all the work you put in on this. Yeah. I, I appreciate you, you. I love you too. <laughs>